Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplify Her podcast is a show all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. I am so excited about this episode, you guys. It's with Antoinette Belson of Happy Your Space, and Antoinette and I have a real open and honest conversation about money, motherhood, changing your career, maternity leave, what women need in the workplace. So many things in this episode just struck me as vitally important for women to listen to. Antoinette went from the breadwinner in her role um, to and, and managed 12 people in her role working for a construction company. Um, and when she got pregnant um, during COVID, her company not only didn't offer her maternity leave, but they actually told Antoinette that she would have to take PTO for her doctor's appointments and she could not work remotely. Well, when all of this happened... COVID hit and everyone suddenly was working remotely and it forced Antoinette to really look at her life, look at, you know, how she wanted to operate in her day to day with her child, um, you know, during her pregnancy, how was she feeling? And she became um, no longer was the breadwinner of her family and made a big decision to start her own company. It is such an important discussion to have when we're talking about huge changes in our careers, but also when we're talking about money. I loved Antoinette's transparency in this episode. I loved the fact that she had to grapple with being in control of everything to no longer being in control of many things and the importance of her mental health once her son was born. So many of these conversations are happening. We are diving deep into them, certainly on this show, and I'm seeing more and more online. And I think what a lot of people fail to realize in um, uh, until you have a child is how much you have to balance. I know it's talked about a lot, but Antoinette really describes the difficulty in understanding who she was and who she is with her child and who she wants to be. And I really appreciate her candor, um, opening up about financial independence. And uh, Antoinette is actually, um, she has moved happier space back to a side hustle and has accepted a full-time role again. So I, I think what is so important about these conversations is that nothing is stagnant. Things are always changing. And she touches on this in this episode, but she mentions that being in touch with her emotions, with her internal compass has been the biggest lesson for her when um, making choices and when making new decisions. And so I, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I hope you enjoy Antoinette's candor and 
all of these conversations that um, I'm having with with women who are experiencing life at different intervals, at different times and different ways. And um, don't forget that you can send me a voice memo um, at the speaker pipe link that is in the show notes. I would love to receive any and all voice memos and answer any questions or talk about different topics. If you have a question for a past guest, please feel free to use that memo and you can be featured on the show. Um, also, please go follow Antoinette, follow the Amplify Her podcast, and follow everyone under the Amplify Her Media Network. Um, thank you so much for, for listening to this episode, and let's dive into this interview with Antoinette. Antoinette, welcome. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So I feel like this conversation has been a long time coming. Um, we, I feel like, have been kind of like circling around each other for a while in our respective networks that are somewhat connected. Uh, I, I feel like mainly by Rachel Volkley-Kuhlman and, and Stephanie. Um, yeah. And those are the two that I've been talking about you at least for a year. <laughs> yes, and I have seen you pop up online with your podcast, it's Biscuits with a Boss, and it's been so great to see you do lives with Rachel. And so I know I've wanted to reach out to you for a while and connect with you for a while now. So I'm really happy we're able to do so. Um, and I really am so excited to talk to you about your journey. You and I have had a conversation before this, and something that really perked my ears up when we started, you know, chatting um, was your role as the breadwinner in your family and um, how you had to make some really hard decisions around starting your business and your journey to that. So I really wanted to talk to you about how, you know, you got into your line of work your background and the tough decisions you've been making along the way and how you are now growing your business. Sure. Um, so you are in Connecticut, correct? I am. I moved here in 2019 pre-pandemic, um, but I'm originally from Philadelphia. And then in high school, I moved to Cleveland, was in Ohio for a while. I met my husband in high school. Um, went to college, went to grad school, then uh, for my master's in architecture, we moved to Cleveland for a little bit, but then I got an opportunity to work in New York. And um, at that point, my husband is in film and television. And so uh, I'm in architecture, which is actually more stable. <laughs> um so uh, we went to New York, we made the jump, and I was the sole person at first. Uh, he had gigs, but not like a steady job. And um, we lived in New York City for seven years. And in those seven years, like I climbed the corporate ladder, I, you know, was steady as she goes, got promoted, was project manager, then senior project manager. We had a five-year plan. We actually had two five-year plans. We bought the house in 2019. And then I found out that I was pregnant and um, that wasn't on the five-year plan. <laughs> um, so we, um, you know, evaluated a little bit. My husband had a great 
um, just like in 2017 or 2018, he got this really great job with this company um, that has been so supportive and just has really taken off and actually thrived during the pandemic. So um, during the construction world, we did not thrive during the pandemic. So our salary was cut, our um, work dried up. Um, I went on maternity leave. There was no paid maternity leave. So it was like a big adjustment for us. But like I said, it was in the stars because when I went down, my husband went up. Um, but it was definitely a mental um juggle for me because I had always been the breadwinner. I had always been the stable person. I had the healthcare. I had the 401k. I was the one that like we could always rely on. And the pandemic really flipped that on its head um, and maternity leave flipped that on its head. Um, but what it did is it gave me the chance to surrender into the unknown and into the vulnerability of not having a plan. And it opened a lot of doors and allowed me to think and breathe. And I was actually able to dream a little bit. And so during maternity leave, I was like, well, if I didn't have to be commuting in an hour and a half each way, if I didn't have to hold this nine to five corporate job, if I didn't have to do this, what would I want to do? And it happened to be during the pandemic and a lot of my family and friends were reaching out to me for support about how to make their home work for them, you know, teaching, living, working, doing all the things, uh, maxing out their house, house capacity, basically. And I just really enjoyed helping people and having that one-on-one -on -one connection. And then I thought about like the idea of flexibility. So my mom and dad worked all the time. They like were so um, career focused. They put, they instilled a super drive of, you know, dedication, hard work, all this stuff. I went into daycare at six weeks old and I never knew anything but that. But when I had my son, something changed in me and I thought I'd be the same way. I'm like, put him in, like, let's, let's go. But I had this new um, awakening of, no, he's too little. Like, I want to be with him. I want to spend time with him. I want to grow with him. I want to learn with him. I just, having him open my eyes to a whole new world, which sounds yeah. cliche, but it was true. <laughs> so um, I had, I took uh, maternity leave for four months and then I went back to work, but it didn't feel good. It didn't sit right. And so I talked to my husband about dropping down to part-time so that I could be with my son more. He agreed that we could make it work. Um, and then I decided um, that the corporate world wasn't fueling my passion. And I was being pulled between the corporate world, trying to grow my company, happier space, and trying to be a present mom. And then, you know, just life in the house. So that was like four poles and it was too many. So something had to go. And so I like evaluated what made me happy and what could work for our family and happier space was a slow, but steady stream. And it was making me happy. And it gave me the flexibility of being available for my son and curating my own schedule. So I dropped um, my corporate job and in January, 2022. So it's relatively recent. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, um, and we've just been, you know, living this life of um, part-time childcare, growing my business. Um, and it has been a very much an identity shift for me because I always thought of myself as a career-driven, breadwinner, strong, independent female. And now I'm very much dependent on my husband's income. I'm very much the lead parent when there's an emergency or something, but it's my choice. So it's an empowerment because I chose it. It wasn't thrusted upon me. Yeah. So it's like this um, change in thought, but also it, I feel like I feel empowered because it was my choice that my husband and I made together. Mm-hmm. No, thank you so much for outlining all of that. And I have so many questions. Um, when So to go back to your full-time role, um, and you mentioned that maternity leave was not an option there. Did They did not have a maternity leave plan. So how did you piece together your leave? Because I know a lot of people have to do this. So New York has a New York family plan, New York family leave. So I paid into that. Um, so I received $850 a week uh, because I had started paying into it back in 2017. It's not specifically for maternity leave. It's called a health leave. So if anything were to happen, I am on construction sites, accidents happen. So we do have workers comp and stuff, but this would just be like an extra safety net. Also, I have older parents, they're in their seventies. So if something were to have happened to them and I needed to take time off, this also kicks in. So New York family plan um, helps support anyone. If you invest in it, that um, can, you know, help subsidize your time away from work. So I had planned that back in 2017, I had been putting little money away. So they paid me um, that much a week. And, um, and then uh, that's how we covered that. So yeah, I was getting some money in, but it's because I had invested in this family plan. And I'm grateful that it extended to Connecticut because I, when we moved, I wasn't sure how that would work. But because I'm an employee of New York, it's right. still um, connected to me. So I imagine, so I know that you mentioned you were in um, the field of architecture and construction. I would imagine that's a male dominated field from the stereotypes that we're seeing. Is that true to your experience? Were there other women that you were working with regularly who may have been in the same position as you? Uh, so it is a very male dominated um, industry. My firm was pretty good about the um, percentage distribution of diversity. However, women as leaders, there were less. So like there were a lot of colleagues, but as far as like partners and principals, there are significantly less. I think it's one third. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of those women, you know, either didn't have children anymore because they're older um, or they chose not to have children. Um, And um, the, I don't know why there's no formal paid maternity leave that, that just never was on the table, but nobody ever talked about because it's a male dominated industry. Like it wasn't expected. I didn't expect it. I wasn't like upset about it. I knew it, 
which is why people like plan for their future with this safety net of the New York family plan. Yeah. Um, now what got me was um, I started to have a little unrest during when I was pregnant prior to the pandemic because I lived in Connecticut, which is an hour and a half away. I was trying to, you know, not um, scream my pregnancy out to the mountaintops until it was like super viable, super safe, but you have monthly appointments and my doctor is in Connecticut. So I was asking if I could work remote once a month so that I could schedule those doctor's appointments and I was denied. And I, uh, not so subtly at this point, I was like four or five months, I was four months pregnant. I told my, my boss, my, the partner, I said, like, I'm pregnant. I need monthly check-ins. I don't know how to make it work because my doctor's in Connecticut. It takes me an hour and a half to get into the city. My appointments are usually like half an hour to an hour there after nine. And he was like, you're going to have to take PTO. Wow. I had to take either a half day or a whole day, depending on when the doctor could fit me in because they were, they did not allow for remote working. So, So okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. That was, that was in like, um, January. No, that was in, that was in, um, February when they told me this and I was so upset that they were not willing to be flexible, even though I told him the like reason. And then the next month pandemic happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had to, so basically December, I had to take a PTO January and February. I took three PTO days for my doctor's appointments and then March happened and the pandemic and everybody had to work remote. And it was like, kind of like the universe was like, F you. I mean, not really. Cause it's not about me, but like, that's how I felt. It was like, yes, the universe is on my side. They must enact a remote working policy. And they did, they scrambled and they implemented it. And, you know, I was able to have my appointments. Um, I would just do it during lunch hour. Like they didn't even know when it was done, which I thought is how it should be. Like, I don't have to tell them. I don't have to have everybody know when my doctor's appointments are. No, of course Um, not. I I was a boss. Like I had a team of 12 and I was trying to keep it professional, but you like once a month, I have to take a PTO day. Hmm, Wonder why. Um, And uh, yeah, so that changed everything. And it also, that moment was an eye-opening experience for me because even though they talk the talk about equality, women empowerment, da, 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 like you are not punishing me, but you are making it very challenging to pursue this idea of a family And I'm a woman who has to have these doctor's appointments. So I felt like they were very much not on my side and not being supportive. And so that caused a little bit of unrest and started the churnings of like, well, what what can I do? Where can I go? How can I um, change my current position 
so that I can be there for my son. I never wanted my, I never want my son to feel like he is a burden or an inconvenience or whatever, because of something, my job is preventing me. Um, obviously there are a few extenuating circumstances, but like, Oh honey, I can't go to your amazing show because my boss won't let me like, no, no, no. I was never going to let that be a thing. I wanted to be present, to be positive and to be purposeful in my decisions to support him. And, um, so I just, that was the start of it. Like, okay, this isn't going to work out. Well, yeah. I mean this, the amount of times I've heard this, um, dilemma in the workplace for women, um, around paid maternity leave, paid paternity leave, um, being able to go to doctor's appointments, the, I have not heard the PTO thing yet, um, which is just ridiculous to me. Um, it's, it's really astounding how, like you were saying, there are all these statements around equality in the workplace, wanting to make things balanced, but without an understanding of what actually goes into that work and also what goes into reproductive health for people who have a uterus and who are pregnant. There is so little understanding of what that looks like. And I can imagine if you felt more supported, if you had more of a flexible schedule, if you had paid family leave, like you were saying, you weren't even expecting it. Like that's how ingrained we are to not even think we're going to be able to have any support when we have a child at our workplace. Yeah. And if you had all of those things, I can imagine maybe your longevity at that company may have been increased. Who knows? It's always different when you actually have your child. Um, cause you're not going to know until it happens, but I would imagine if you had felt more supported along this journey, maybe you wouldn't have been faced with all of these really challenging choices or had to wonder how you could get out of a situation that was really not supporting you. I would imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't ultimately know either. I would say like if the pandemic hadn't happened, I probably would have left earlier but the pandemic did happen. It allowed for remote work. Um, so I, after maternity leave, I came back um, because I could work from home. But then quickly it became clear they were going to require full-time um, uh, presence back in the office. And that just was not gonna be something I was doing. So that was also the sort of the last straw. Well, 100%. And something that really perked my ears up is that you said you were a leader of 12 at your company. That's a major deal. Um, and the, the fact that you're a leader in your company, something I've said on this podcast so many times is management sets the tone. So if you have a manager that's not able to go to their doctor's appointments, that's not being offered support. What does it mean for everyone that you're supervising? You have to now implement these policies that you don't agree with, with them. So I think in that respect, you're also put in an incredibly hard position where you're managing people with philosophies, ideologies that you don't agree with. (laughs) And I think that 
it, as leaders, you know, the support that you receive, the guidelines you create, that the company creates, it's going to trickle down in every aspect, even the smallest things as a doctor's appointment. And so I think the the things you're saying are really resonating with me because so many people I think have been in that position when they shouldn't have had to be in that position at all. And I think you're really touching on a lot of the systemic issues in our country um, that women and families are faced with. And especially during COVID, so many families were faced with um, no support for their children. I was pregnant at the same time you were during COVID. And um, I was able to have a very flexible work schedule and a very flexible, I had paid family leave and my experience was very different. Um, but I also think the positives of what you're saying and the, the introspection that you had leading to the moment where you decided to leave your job and, and really um, be there for your son in ways that you didn't have is a really beautiful outcome of all of this. So I know you talked about your mental struggle with getting used to this new role, leading a team of 12, working for a larger company, you know, working in New York City, and then having this major transition in your life. I know when you become a parent, it's a huge mental shift. So how has that looked for you? And how have you been able to um, provide for yourself with your mental health? So, um, as I, I used the word previously and I'll use it again, I just surrendered. Like I knew that, so going into parenthood, I had no expectations. I never dreamed about being a mom. I didn't fantasize about it. I had no idea. I was actually nervous. I had heard postpartum a lot. I was worried I wouldn't love my baby. I was worried about like going back to the workforce, but meaning that like, I wanted to go back before I had my son, I was like, I'm going to go back within six weeks. Like I said, like, I was just going to do what my mom did. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And then I had my son and actually had some health complications. I did. He was fine. He was born 10 pounds, like ready to go rolling out. I had, yeah. I had hemorrhaging. I had to go back to the hospital uh, about a week after I had him by myself for 24 hours without him oh my um, god my milk had come in so I was like swollen it was COVID my husband couldn't be there I was alone yeah. it was um a lot and I had a c-section so I was recovering from that um so I just sort of like surrendered in the sense of like okay I know nothing and I'm open to whatever and the time away from my son I realized like oh my gosh I want to be a mom like I want to be with him present for him I had no expectations of what motherhood was but like it was cre being created in this time apart and um basically I was like I'll do whatever it takes so then I came back and I dived 110% into motherhood and I lost myself and um, I was doing everything for him. He was thriving. He was like 97th percentile height, weight, like hitting all the milestones. And here I am getting like 
my husband's doing amazing. So he got 10 weeks paid paternity leave from his work, which was phenomenal. So he was able to support me for the first, we did it first seven weeks. And then he saved the last three weeks as like vacation for later. So, cause it's like for the first year you get 10 weeks. Yeah. Like you could break it up. That's how mine, my, so he had a better setup than me. Yeah. That's insane. Birth. Insane. It's insane. (laughs) And, but also the fact that your prior company, if your husband worked at that company, he wouldn't have been able to take any time to be with you and to be there. And like, it's just insane how much we do not set up families for success in our country and how we don't even care. It's, I mean, we, we care, but I mean, (laughs) our, our legislative federal mandate about like uniform practice for family leave, because when you leave it up to the states or the cities or the businesses, it's such a disparity between what's available and what's offered. So 100%. So going back to your husband was able to take that time. Yes, he was able to take off. So the first two months were I felt I was giving to my son, my, my husband was giving to me, like it was a sustainable thing. Then my husband went back to work and I'm still giving, giving, giving. Remember I took four months off. So I had two months of just giving, giving, giving. And I just realized that like, I was getting sad and stressed and um, anxious, but I knew what it felt like to not be that way, which was the two months prior. And I had to figure out like, what is going on? Um, then I went back to work and that is where I was. It was like the tap is tapping out because <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to be back to the boss that I was. I'm trying to be this super mom and I'm trying to like recover and it, and it just, every night I would cry. Um, it, things felt like they would never it was, it was kind of like this mental uh, awareness that like, there is no going back. There is no normal. And this was because of the pandemic. Normal does not exist anymore. You're going to have to create a new normal. It was because I was now a new parent. It was because um, work was now, instead of it being a nagging thing, like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not happy. It was actively making me upset to like, go back. And, um, and then I was slipping with the control because they had reduced hours. They reduced the pay. My husband was climbing. Um, so it was like so much shifting in a very short amount of time. And I was crumbling. Yeah. So in July, I went part-time and that helped give me some control Um, because it gave me the space to sort of process what was happening and it justified in my head, okay, I'm getting paid less. So I'm going to be working less. I'm going to have more flexibility. I'm going to spend more time with my son and I'm going to be able to dedicate more time to my new company. Then, um, I decided to and I love traveling, but because of the pandemic, like I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't even go to the grocery store, like all this stuff. But then I got my shots and I got vaccinated. I was feeling a little bit more confident. So, um, I invited friends to come and visit also like my family didn't 
even meet my son until he was one years old because of the pandemic. Like, yeah, they just because of vaccinations, because of COVID, because of all the things. Um, and when I say my family, I mean, my like aunts, uncles, cousins, obviously my sister, my parents met him earlier, but, um, so that was strange too. It's like, I, I have you. this, I have this wonderful thing in my life, my son, and nobody has met him. <laughs> it's, it's like, you have the secret, but it's not a secret because you love him, but nobody's met him. So is this also very world, like craziness. Um, and then in, uh, so we started in the fall of 2021, I started to, um, engage with people again, which helped because I think the other thing is very isolating. So starting your own business, becoming a new mom, the pandemic, like all of this it can be isolating. So it's all like, you know, compounding. And then, um, I just decided I had had enough. I was getting like angry with my husband for no reason because we were spending a lot of time together in the same space. Um, in theory, we're both, well, not in theory, we were both working from home. We have my son. We weren't seeing very many other people. I just decided in that winter, like Thanksgiving, I was like, F it. In the new year, I'm going to prioritize myself. So come January, 2022, I had quit TP, I had quit my company. I had, um, decided to do little things that I hadn't done in months. Like I got my nails done once every two months because I needed some like pampering some me time. Yeah. I got my hair done for the first time in a year. Like I'm telling you, like I let things just go because it was like, I'm not a priority. I'm not important. I need to let my son thrive. And then at a certain point I was having undercurrents of animosity and resentment for this little dude who did nothing because of my choices. So I was like, no, I'm going to take back some power. I'm going to prioritize myself. And 2022 has been so much better because in my head, I said like 2022 is the year of you. And that's what I have committed to myself. I prioritize myself whenever I can while still keeping all of my priorities in, in alignment with my son, family, and business growth. But it's been truly um, amazing that good. You know, it's a choice and actively choosing um, happiness and actively choosing to prioritize myself in certain situations has really made the difference. Yes. And I think it is very, it's very hard to see yourself. Um, I think in, from my experience and from what you're saying, um, to understand your needs after you have a child, it's, it was really hard for me to understand what I actually needed. Um, and it's interesting that you're saying you made a choice to sacrifice yourself, but you found out you actually can't do that. <laughs> like no, you, you can't go into parenthood and sacrifice your needs. Like you have to take into consider, like take yourself into consideration. And I think we're often told that that's not the path. Like you can't do both, that you can't have what you need and give your child what they need. And 
it's really beautiful that you're actually demystifying that for yourself. And you're like, no, actually I can make an active choice to have what I need. During parenting during COVID is a different beast. I've I 100% know what you went through. And um, I think it's really hard to understand how you can find time for yourself when you're afraid to even leave your house. Mm -hmm. 100%. But I think the lesson that you're sharing here is that the two have to coexist from the day your kid's born. Like you're not going to have time always for yourself, but the small, tiny moments are really critical. Like even just taking a breath, even putting your kid down for five minutes, you know, like taking those... that shower is what I tell every new mom. Yeah. I'm like, take the flipping shower because this is how bad I got, Christina. I got a yeast infection all over my chest because I wouldn't take time to shower during breastfeeding because I thought he needed me too much. So I went like four days or something without showering. And A, I smelled foul, but I was like, oh, no, he needs me so much. And then B, I started to actually cause harm to myself. Right. Like, well, it's just the dumbest thing. If I had just freaking showered like a normal person, taken that five to ten minutes, I would have prevented so much pain and prevented um, discomfort and, like, uh, self-consciousness. Just so silly. No, it's totally, like... I, I mean, showering as a new mom is so hard. You think it's a simple thing? It's not. Like there is this, you have this deep primal emotional attachment to your child and to, to have a moment to go shower or say you put your child down for their nap and you have them wake up after 20 minutes or after 30 minutes. It's like, well, that was my shower time. You know, like it's, uh, it's a really hard thing to balance and even, um, you know, trusting your partner, which seems so strange to say, but trusting your partner to be there and hold your child and take care of them. That's a mental shift that I think a lot of us have to go through. Um, and because there is this like primal need and intuition to be with your child and, so I think the things that you're touching on, like, I remember celebrating when I would shower, I'd be like, oh my God, I did it, you know? And like, so I think the things that you're touching on are really valid and really important to talk about because they have to coexist. Your needs and your child's needs have to coexist. Um, otherwise, you know, what are you teaching your child? Exactly. I want to teach through action, show through action. Like I want to promote independence, confidence, pursuing your passion and dedication to what you love through my action. And everything I was doing for my son was devotion, but it was nothing showing those qualities that I want to instill in him. The, yeah. the best thing I did for myself and boy, did I get mom guilt, but I'll go into that was I went on a girl's trip, I visited my best friend who I hadn't seen in like a year and a half to San Francisco. And it was just me. It was the first time away from my son. And I went for three days. So like not a lot of time, but it was three days. And it happened to be the three days while we had childcare so that my husband could work. And um, while I am in California, I get a call and the daycare goes, um, 
your son is acting up and causing harm to himself, meaning he's ramming his head into the desk. Uh, you need to come pick him up. And I'm like, ooh, can't do that. I'm in California. You can call my husband. <laughs> and um, and she was like, oh, well, you know what? That might explain it. You're not here. We'll give him extra care while you're gone. And I said, that would be wonderful. Thank you. And then I never got a call. But just that, like, literally testing. I think I had been awake for 30 minutes. So it was like 8 o'clock, which would be 11 o'clock here. Yeah. Getting a call. And, like, you know, you just wake up, you're on vacation, and boom, smack, mom guilt. And yeah. I just was like, no, I'm not going to get upset. There's literally nothing I can do. I'm over, like, I forget the distance between. But I'm so whole separate coast. My husband can deal with it. And once I just like let it go, I had the best trip. I, I had the best time I have had in years. And then I came home like on the last day, um, I said something, I saw a baby and I was like, oh, and my best friend who knows I'm not a baby person was like, you're ready to go home. Like you need to see your son. And I was like, <laughs> I do. I miss him. But I hadn't ever missed him. You know, like I hadn't known what that was like because I was with both of them, my husband and my son 24-7 all the time. So it wasn't until my son was 20 months that I first left him. Yeah. Wow. And it was the first time I'd ever known what really missing him felt like. Yeah. And it was overpowering. I mean, it was so welcomed because... I don't know if you've ever like longed or missed or thought fondly of somebody, but like it rejuvenates all of the good. And so I came home and I was like momming 110% because my cup was full. Totally. I was happy. I was, you know, it was just, it was the really great experience. Of course. I mean, there's a push and pull that comes with this. And I always like, I always say to moms, the best thing that you can do is go take time for yourself, like book a hotel room, eat trash food, go like, go take a moment for yourself because even if others don't realize it, you're giving a lot. Um, and even if you don't realize it, you're giving a lot. And I think, and, and for some people who are listening, maybe they're like three days is not that long to be away from your kid, but it feels like a lifetime when it is a major decision when you do that. And my husband and I went on a trip and I remember like we stayed one extra day and I was like, this was too long. Both of us were like, we got to go home. Like, like, and just those moments, I think, um, put in everything into perspective around your self-care and that need, um, so I totally agree with you that those things are really, really important. Now, since the integration of your business, can you tell me or tell everyone, um, what your, what your business is and what you do? Yes. So my business is happy your space and I'm an interior designer, um, and coach who help people create a more usable space, help make their spaces more family friendly and more functional for real life. So I love spaces that are flexible and can adapt with the different stages of your little's life or the different stages of your own life. So I actually do help singles and families. Um, sometimes, you know, when you are 
going from two singles into coupleness and you're moving in together. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of compromise. I help you navigate through that process um, to create the most happy space to coexist in. Sometimes, you know, you think you have it covered and then you bring your little home and you're like, holy crap, there's so much more crap that I didn't know I was going to have to deal with. It's taking over my house. I help you um, navigate all of those transitions and sort of take back your home to make it more organized and controlled chaos. Um, and then um, also for creating workspaces that work for you, wherever that may be in your home, um, you know, your home office or creating little moments in your own workplace of spaces. So that is what I do. Amazing. I love it. How has that integration of, I mean, you're starting something new, number one, that feels major in my brain, um, plus having a child, like <laughs> how was it to start something new um, and integrate this business into your life? I mean, it sounds like you have a lot more flexibility, things are different, but you went from working in a very different environment to this new space. How has it been? So basically, when I say that I surrendered when I have my son, I mean it in the most, you know, literal sense that there is. I basically was like, everything is going to be different. Everything has to be different. I will make everything different. So for me, having my son starting a new business in a pandemic, they're all one. It is all three major things. But to me, it was like jumping off a cliff. It was like, well, here we go. <laughs> So I sort of, these parachutes have popped or appeared as I'm falling to help levitate me. So in order to create a happy motherhood journey, I knew I had to have flexibility. How do you get flexibility? Gain control of your life through your schedule. How do you do that? Start your own business. So it has just been really as soon as I just said, well, everything's going to be different. Nothing's going to be the same. And let's just go for it. So many things have appeared and allowed themselves to reveal greatness. And um, I love the connections I was having with people, um, my clients through my work, because I could see instant gratification and instant happiness and instantly their space was working better for them and they were relieved and they were happy and that brought me joy. Working at my corporate job, I was getting very remote from um, the design process and I was doing a lot of like managing schedules, budgets, proposals, like the gritty stuff, but not so much the fun, light, bright stuff that brought me joy. So creating my business allowed me to tap back into what I loved and what I um, originally wanted to go into this field for. And um, it also just allowed these avenues for flexibility control. Uh, the only thing is that it's very much a roller coaster. And I used to be very much a slow and steady kind of girl about climbing. And I loved predictability. I loved routine. And I have none of that anymore. And so that has been, um, you know, sort of an identity shift. Like some of my friends have been like, wow, you're kind of chill, which no one has ever called me ever. I've been a worrywart since I was 12 <laughs> and I still have that ingrained in me, but 
basically when you own your own business, when you're a new mom, you just kind of got to give it up. Like you will never be the person that has all your ducks in a row, or I wouldn't. And I've just allowed that. And it sort of changed my personality a little bit that I'm more open. I'm more flexible. I am more spontaneous because you have to be when you have a kid, like sometimes your kid naps for 20 minutes. Sometimes your kid naps for three hours. You don't know. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I think this is, um, this is all super interesting because that's what I was thinking when you were, you know, describing this shift was like, you went from a very structured environment to having, like, you have to create the structure now and you have to be that person, which I think would be challenging for me as well. Um, something else that I think would be challenging for me is, um, releasing that somewhat financial independence. Has that been challenging for you? Because, (laughs) Because I I think that's hard to have no qualms about getting my hair done or getting my nails done or, you know, um, I'm not a very materialistic person. I like actions. So experiences more than things like I never bought clothes a lot. I never bought bags. But uh, if I wanted to go on a trip, I would let my husband know like, oh, I'm going on this girl's trip with my best friend. And it's like a weekend getaway. And he'd be like, okay. But now it's like, I feel like I have to ask permission because I'm not raking in the money and it's not, you know, we have a joint account. We've always had a joint account since we've been married. So it's never like, this is mine. This is yours. It's, it is all ours, but there's definitely been an assessment of worthiness and, um, what I feel I'm, um, permitted which has been a real mind F because before you can cuss on this show if you want, (laughs) (laughs) just so you know, (laughs) because before it was like, I'll do whatever I want to do. Like I'm going out with my friends for a dinner, um, and like rack up $200 bill, like whatever. Uh, because we had two steady incomes of six, six, um, what do you call that? Six, six numbers. What did I try to say? Six figures. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) (laughs) Two six figure salaries. And now we have one and I have only broken even like I'm, I'm basically not contributing presently. Like I'm hoping to get there. I'm breaking even on all my costs. So I'm not dipping into our funds to support anything for my company, which is pretty good, but it's, um, that has been really hard. Um, so I'm waiting for the day when I can give myself a salary again and I can have a paycheck and I can have these things, but we're not there yet. Like I said, this has been since January. Um, and that has been a very big change. It's like, well, I can't do it because I, I'm not contributing or it's, I'm not worth it right now, but I will be later. Um, that has been the hardest because I used to just have no qualms about it like I would just do it and I didn't have to ask I don't have to ask permission let me reiterate that my husband is so caring we are a joint thing he's like this is your time now like I'm taking the lead we're very much um a partnership but I feel like I should ask or I have to do and and I don't know who put that in me um because it's never been that way between us but it that's a weird one Yeah. I mean, that, that is really hard. And, and, but I I think what it's, what 
is so telling is that your husband is incredibly supportive of this goal and this desire. Um, and you also are doing unpaid labor by taking care of your son. And so I feel like that's a huge balance that people don't necessarily talk about as often that I think really needs to be an open conversation. Um, there's so much unpaid labor that, you know, women are, are doing and that sometimes out of that choice that you were saying at the top of the show, like you made that choice with your husband, you guys came to this decision together, but some families don't have that option. And some women don't have that choice. And there isn't that freedom of support around pursuing a dream like this or a career like this. So I think all these things that you're saying are really wonderful to hear for people who might be facing the same kind of decisions. And also for a new business owner where you're being really honest, like I'm not where I want to be, you know, I'm just starting out and I want to I'm breaking even right now, but I know that will change. I know down the line that will go, oh, hello, Brooklyn in the background. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, And I know that will, you know, change down the line. Um, So I really appreciate your honesty. Uh, What has been a major lesson for you? I think you talked about, you know, the thread of this has been a lot of surrender, but during this process of the last couple of years, your life has changed exponentially. And you've opened this business that you obviously love and that you have this incredible um, heart for, and you're very talented. And I, I'm just curious, like what has been the biggest lesson for you over the last couple of years with this journey you've been on? So I think I mentioned before, I used to love making plans. I had started my first five-year plan when I was 10. And then my last, it ended in 2019 when I bought my house that was when the plan ended. Like that was the last thing on my list. And then three months later, I found out I was pregnant. And basically I have accepted that from 2019, fall of 2019 to fall of 2024, my five-year plan is to have no plan. And I'm just going to wing it. I'm just letting what happens happens for the next couple years. And what that has done is like, I had a baby. The pandemic happened. I quit my corporate job. I started my own business. Like all of these things, I would not have let myself be open to because it wasn't on my list. It wasn't on my plan. Um, And now it's just like I'm receiving, I'm reacting, and I am, um, you know, creating a response to better my life or to stay on the path that I think this is, but I, like, I have no direct, I don't know what to say this. I have no specific goals that I have to hit. I just sort of have this direction that I'm being pulled and I'm open to receiving what's around me. So that's been the greatest thing is like, I have always been that person with a plan and an action thing. And I have to do this, 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 and these set goals and now I don't know what it will look like and check back in with me in a couple of years. And maybe I will need that structure, that tailored plan, but it's sort of been fun to just give myself this little breather to receive what is open to me. Yeah. I think that's such a major lesson. And I think, um, and I understand that I'm privileged to be able to do that and not required 
to like have these things um and so that's the other thing is like being reflective being open to receive and being responsive like responsible to make this world better for my son for you know people out there my goal is always to help yeah I think acknowledging your privilege in this is really important as well and um I really like that you also have a service model to your business I think that's really really cool and what a beautiful lesson to just like kind of ditch the plan I think that's um for for I mean you said you've had a five-year plan since you were 10. I'm not kidding I literally had them written out in a notebook. (laughs) Wild um and very sweet and it just goes to show you were obviously a very ambitious person and I think that resonates in everything you do you know from when you're saying I'm going to, you know, nail motherhood and get this, you know, like, I think that you can tell when you put your mind to something, you really want to do a great job. Where can people find you? If I know we've gone through so much of your, your life over the past few years, but if people want to work with you and want to, you know, dive into your, your work and, and what you do, where can they find you? Instagram is great. So it's at happy your space. Um, these are three words. It's happy and then Y-O-U-R and then space. Um, and then my website is www.happyyourspace.com. You can shoot me a DM. Um, I offer free 20 minute discovery calls. If it uh, makes sense to work together, you could also just use the time to chat, whatever you want. Um, I really love connecting with people and, um, offer a variety of services. Like I said, sometimes it's almost counseling when couples come together, or if you're, you know, some people have gone from a family and now they're living on their own and they want to feel like it's homey and cozy and they don't know how I can help walk you through it, guide you, support you. If you're doing home renovations and you lack the confidence or, you know, experience to do so, reach out to me. I'd love to help you. Um, So I'm really here as a resource and I hope that I can help you all be happier in your homes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Antoinette, for joining me today. Um, I feel like I could talk to you for like three more hours about all of this. (laughs) Um, I'm just really grateful for you taking the time to share your story, you know, what you're doing now and, and really your evolution mentally and, and how you're prioritizing your mental health. I think that's, there have been just so many beautiful lessons that you've shared during this conversation. And I really, really appreciate you joining me today. And thank you so much for letting me even like have this platform, have this space to do so. It's been really fun. And I hope that my story can help inspire or guide or support those who are listening. Thank you. And for those who are listening, never forget that your voice matters and your story matters. And I will see you on the next episode of the Amplify Her podcast. Bye, everyone. The Amplify Her podcast is a part of the Amplify Her Media Network. You can check out more shows on the Amplify Her Media Network over on Instagram at Amplify Her Media.